0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to WTS199. My name is Danny Murray, and alongside me, as always, some say he has to hire extra security at this time of year, <laughs> while others just sit waiting by their letterbox for a card that never comes. He is the reason Valentine's Day exists. Graham Merrow Merigan.
1: Must be love, love, love. love. Bum, bum. Boom, boom. Oh, do you go bum-bum or doo-doo? I just
2: went bum-bum
1: now. Oh, I think I do bum. Love, love, bum-bum. Yeah. Doo-doo. Now I'm a doo-doo. No, no. Oh, yeah, doo-doo. Did yeah. doo do? Oh, no, I'd say on both. Oh, okay, all right, okay, yeah. You, you See, you, Padjo, Padjo always does, like, uh, you know, like electric guitar solos when you're trying yeah. to do you noise. Know, he always goes bum 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 you know what, what song was that i don't know
0: <laughs> oh, okay, all right. i thought you were trying to do padjo doing a song there man i didn't realize you were just no. making like bum bum I, I was just giving an i was just giving an example of him going bum 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 Oh, okay, fair enough. That's good. Yeah, yeah. We've definitely lost about 200 listeners already. So, hello. Welcome to the latest edition of Watch the Story podcast. It's
1: um, the Love Zone.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day without Gary Mackle. Don't worry, lads. He'll be back soon. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, you can go back if uh, you're a brave individual. You can go back and listen to uh, the Love Doctor episodes of Gary Mackle. Um, some. some a interesting relationship advice that no doubt will be pertinent to some people at various stages of their love life. Absolutely. I'll leave that there and I'll say no more. Thank you. Thank you, Graham. How are you? Your beard is looking slightly less heavy than normal.
1: Yeah, that's that's very fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a trim uh, this evening just before the shower, so yeah, I, I'm I'm content. I'm very content. It is less heavy. Um, yeah. But sometimes you just got to do it now. Are
0: you are you because I've known lately, like because at one time your your beard could have nested a large family of boards, whereas mm. now it's a much more streamlined look. Much are, are, is that is that your twenty twenty look? You're going for this less, you know, less. I'm
1: experiment. I'm I'm going through a stage in my life where I'm experimenting my facial furniture. I think that's fair to say.
0: Very good. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I look forward to seeing where this experiment brings us. And one perhaps I'll have a chat about the results and make a definitive opinion and a definitive direction towards where your facial furniture shall be in 2021. Perfect.
1: Right then. Thank you. I have where we're going with this. No idea. <laughs> will we go straight to the interview? Or will, yeah, we probably will be?
0: should, yeah, because now we've lost 400 listeners. <laughs> 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 sack. Oh yeah, no, we're very giddy lads because we just uh, we just finished chatting to our guest, who um, yeah, we, it took we, it
1: took it took a direction that neither was taught, and it was great yeah, fun. And we've we got giggles. We we've
0: we've probably done more damage to this girl's career than than anything, and <laughs> probably should send her an apology email as soon as I possibly can. Um She was a consummate professional we're just two idiots who just get the giggles and bring everything down. That's essentially what happened here. Um, but we decided, with it being election season, and with it being one of the most historic results in terms of elections for this state we ever had, we decided we'd get somebody on who's been covering the election and who can talk about what's been going on. Um, and some brilliant insight and some great little tidbits that were brought up and uh, A lot of decent facts, while me and Graham were two children and got the giggles. <laughs> but nonetheless, let's go straight to our guest. We're delighted to be joined by Press Association journalist and all-round good writer of good things, Even Moore. Thank you very much for joining us.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Delighted. Delighted. Um, it's a mad week, like when you're joining us, the amount of stuff going on. Uh, in Ireland and in Northern Ireland and just fucking everywhere in general is crazy at the moment but uh, you were covering a lot of the election stuff and seeing as though everybody's talking about the election we're gonna hop on the bandwagon and try to be a little bit political and not make idiots of ourselves <laughs> so we're hoping you you can make us sound a little bit decent here right yeah no um, worries are you able to kind of summarize just how significant this election is
3: um, yeah, I mean, I kind of look at this election, and I have looked at this election as a bit of an outsider. I mean, like, I'm from the north, obviously. So this is the first general election uh, in the Republic that I've covered, and uh, you do kind of looking at it as, as an outsider. Um, I think it works to your advantage at times because you know if you're from Dublin or you're and uh, you're used to it things that seem very normal (laughs) to you seem very strange to people who are not used to it um but yeah I mean there seems to be a lot of shock um from some quarters of the media and that kind of space and politicians and around Leinster House in general there's a lot of shock at what they see as like a really radical shift in how people are voting um but like from my point of view, and I've been with PA two, knocking on two years, and to me it hasn't been that shocking only because the amount of protests that I've had to attend for work in the last two years. There's only so many protests you can go to before you start thinking, well, surely this is going to be reflected when we go to the polls. And even before that, like this is the first election you know, since we've repealed the Eighth Amendment. So, do you yeah. think that that kind of grassroots activism wasn't going to be reflected in the polls shouldn't really shock people. Um, so, yeah, for anyone who's been living under a rock, um, there's been a Sinn Féin surge. And Sinn Féin and Fianna Au- Féin- 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 Fáil are more or less tied for the number of seats that they got in the Dáil, although Fianna Fáil Féin- Féin- have uh, the Cancórle. Um So in the last week now after the election, they've been trying to cobble together a government to make sure that the country can keep going, Um, which has been interesting because there's a lot of ruling things out and ruling things in, and even in the last day or so, there's all this chat of, you know, is Fianna Fáil going to speak to Sinn Féin? And is Sinn Féin going to see to him in the fall? And what are the Green Party going to do? And Eamon Ryan has a petrol car. And... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I saw that today, yeah. <laughs> As if this poor man is supposed to cycle wherever he goes. Um, but I, it's been really interesting for me, especially because we have our own type of tribal politics in the North. Mm. But um, our tribes are, we would consider ourselves incredibly different in policy. Whereas down here, there's a tribalism, but the parties tend to be a lot more similar than they are different. Yeah, yeah. So it yeah. is, it's quite different because, you know, as an ortherner, when you say to people, geez, you have tribal politics, people are like, do you really want to throw stones when you love loving that <laughs> glass house? <laughs> <Well,
2: laughs>
3: why, the-
1: why do you think people uh, surged to Sinn Féin as opposed to, say, people before a prophet? You know, people before a prophet ran... 37 candidates, Sinn Féin ran 42, people mm-hmm. before Profit got f- 5, uh, five candid- uh, seats I think, so why do you think do you think it's, it's brand Mary Lou that uh, has taken over the households, because I know my mother loves her
3: yeah I mean I don't even think it's as much brand Mary Lou as brand new Sinn Féin the thing that they would have had going for them going in was they were the third largest party anyway mm. so they already had the numbers but, and I've said this the whole way through, I mean, Owen Brown's ears must have been burning the whole way through the campaign, because it was, Owen's going to fix the housing, and Louise is going to fix the health, and Pierce is taking on the insurance companies, and although Mary Lou is very good at what she does, and she's even better at campaigning, she tell you that herself, she's an unreal campaigner, like, because she's so warm as a person, she comes across with, as a lot of huma- with a lot of humanity, a lot of empathy. So if she was already doing well, once she got out in the campaign trail, she was only going to do better because that's the kind of person she is. Whereas, you know, other politicians might be more polished on their policy. And we saw that in the debates, you know, she stumbled a couple of times and she was caught on the hop. Where, where she really shines is with people. Mm. And the front bench, that Sinn Féin put out was if you were a younger person or even, not even a younger person if you're anyone watching it is impressive I mean when you look at people like Owen O'Brien he's written he's writing a second book now on housing you have Pierce Dorney who's I don't know how many viral videos if I'm shouting at and exactly, yeah. insurance so I mean any journalist will tell you that Sinn Féin's social media and their communications office when it comes to stuff like that are second to none. They take advantage when they know they've got a one. It's, um, it's
0: mad though, because, because they, they kind of got off to a little bit of a rocky start with the whole Paddy Holohan thing. And yet, they've done a far better job of just shutting that down, pushing it away, compared to say, Fianna Gael, who still two days before the election were answering questions about that poor homeless individual who was injured by a construction vehicle or whatever it was at the time.
2: Mm-hmm. The,
0: the difference there, they, I know they're massively different in terms of like the, the impact or whatever, but the Paddy hoolan thing just seemed to go away. I never heard of it by the end, like the end of week one, it was you, gone.
1: You, you could probably compare the Paddy hoolan thing to say recently, uh, Verona Murphy or uh, Maria Bailey, where mm. they could have nipped it in the bud mm-hmm. straight away, but that went on for a good number of months.
3: Yeah, I think Mary Lou actually learned from the Verona Murphy, the Maria Bailey and the, the Dara Murphy thing, as in, like, we need Inapolis in the bud now, lest we be called hypocrites for slagging Fine Gaeloff for doing the same thing. The thing with the Paddy Houlihan thing as well was he wasn't a candidate. Yeah. And he was very much seen as this, like, celebrity get. I mean, when he joined Sinn Féin and he stood as a councillor and he won, everyone was like, oh, this is great. But I don't know how much even Sinn Féin or the media bought into the thought that he actually was serious about it. Mm. And when the, the podcast um, came out or when it, the media found out about the podcast and his comments, it only took a day for Mary Louie to say, no, absolutely not. This, is, this ends now. And because she nipped it in the bud so quickly, I think it's a lesson to all political parties that running from things is not the way to do it. And backing people that you don't wholeheartedly believe in is also not the way to do it. So I think, like, they've learned from Paddy Holohan that the way they dealt with was possibly the best way they could have dealt with. And I know there's no comparison to what happened to that per man in the tent, but that was, I kind of felt like the beginning of the end for Fianna Gale's campaign. It Mm. just got harder and harder to claw Back, and that it wasn't necessarily the worst thing that's happened in the last couple of years, but it, it was kind of it seemed to me, and like a, vanilla, a voter I spoke to in the street said it was a straw that broke the camel's back, and it was mm. just unfortunate for Fina Gale that happened when it happened. and Obviously, it was unfortunate, it was a terrible accident for that poor man.
0: Yeah, and th- you, you mentioned there about kind of Mary Lou being such a strong campaigner and her being so warm towards people, and that's where she's probably at her best compare that or contrast that against Leo, one of the criticisms is constantly that he's probably not as empathetic and not as warm. You writing for Press Association, who are probably more international, say, like because the international press seem to think Leo is a very progressive, very... like There's this image of him internationally as being a good statesman, which he arguably is, absolutely, but also this very progressive individual as well. And yet, in Ireland, everyone's like, no, I can't take them. I just can't take them. Like So... I don't know, it's kind of just that whole separation of Irish versus international. Like, when you're writing about a force, say, press association or whatever, do you find it hard to kind of pinpoint what it is? Or
3: Yeah, well, I think because, you know, if on paper you would assume um, it's a very socially liberal label that you can put on, Leo, in terms of, like, his dad's an immigrant and he himself is an openly gay man he loves with his partner So on paper, you, everyone would assume this is a very socially liberal person who would be, have socially liberal policies or have a lot more, a lot of empathy because he himself might have struggled in his life because of certain parts of his life. Um, but yeah, it is definitely, we notice this when we go to, obviously we do the trip to America on St. Patrick's Day and stuff from where you go to America Mm. with the Taoiseach and, um, yeah, the, everyone, the, the international kind of reputation is that he is liberal and people are always quite shocked because he's quite young as well. This is a thing for world leaders. Like, we're so used to looking at kind of old male, pale and stale kind of guy. So when you see Leo and he's got nice suits and he's a handsome man, and he ta- he's tall and he goes to the gym, you know, people have this already like a stereotype nearly in their head of what he's going to be like. So, yeah, people are always a bit shocked. And then the way I, the best way I would describe it is kind of the way he describes it himself. He's like, he's a doctor. He thinks about things very clinically. And he said that himself. So, and in the debate, it was quite kind of, it was a new thing for everyone to see that he kind of had some self-reflection. Remember, there was that big moment in the debate when he said, you know, I don't always have the words, but I am trying and judge me on my actions and stuff. Mm. But he was on, I remember he was on the late, late, like six months ago with Tubbs And he said to Tubbs, you know, everyone knows that I'm not naturally that kind of social guy, but it's part of the job and I am trying. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's hard to describe because obviously press association, we're very straight down the line. There's no need for many adjectives or anything. So it's just, um, yeah, there's no opinion writing uh, at an agency yeah. either. So we're just very straight down the line. But it is. You do notice it when you go away, how his reputation is not generally ac- accurate for mm. what he's like and the policies that he supports.
1: So his, yeah. his PR, his communications uh, wing works well internationally, but it doesn't work nationally.
3: I don't even know if it's his PR wing. I remember he went viral when he went to Mike Pence's house because he made that speech about you know acceptance and he brought Matt mm. to Mike Pence's house, which was obviously like seen as a real progressive step for Mike Pence. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and he made that speech about, you know, people coming to um, Ameri- Irish people coming to America or immigrants coming to America and, and making their life. And he was seen as like, the Americans saw that as Leo really sticking it to Mike Pence. Whereas for, for Irish people watching it, it was very much seen as just any kind of speech that, you know, a statesman yeah. would make. And the son Michael D. Higgins probably comes out with every week.
2: Because, yeah, of exactly, like, yeah.
3: because of like because the location uh, and the company that he was in, it looked mm. probably a lot stronger. Which the LGBT,
1: the LGBT community didn't really appreciate that though that he went to Mike Pence's house for someone who who uh, believes in conversion therapy, or if I recall, they were saying oh geez the sellout and stuff like that, and they didn't believe that his speech or whatever was effective, and mm-hmm. that he effectively he was a sellout.
3: Yeah, this is why I wouldn't be a politician because you can't win. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I'm sure uh... there would have been grief then that, you know, uh, if he didn't go then, he'd be showing up the country. And this is part of the role. And even though he says often he doesn't agree with Donald Trump on many things, you know, it's part of the role. You have to be a statesman as well. And like, I think Leo, when he could tell you himself, he sees himself as a bit of a statesman. Mm. So that kind of sits him down to the grind as well. Yeah,
0: I think I think everybody kinda if they were to look at it in long term probably, like, he'll end up in Europe. Do you know that way? Like that's kinda the thing about it. But um if you said this was kind of your your first uh, election and you were down in what's considered a kind of bellwether constituency for the count. What mm. what's it like in the count centre? I always thought you could just go as a member of the public and like observe a count centre.
3: I mean but you do- can't. Well, there wasn't much security, I'm sure, if you had a chance, <laughs> they would have left you in. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was in Nemo Rangers GAA Club, which is which was Cork, um, South Central and North Central, which is obviously Hall Martin and Simon Cooney's constituency. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we were there. We get down to white. There's no point, really. They start counting at nine, but there's no point going there before lunchtime, really. And yeah. then it is just a waiting game. You know, they have their counts and stuff. I'm sure in other elections we probably wouldn't have had to wait as long Cork South Central on the first count uh Sinn Féin's Danica O'Leary got in the first count and then it got to like the sixth count before Micheál Martin got in and then Simon Coveney it was half 11 quarter 12 at night before <laughs> he got in so the because the Sinn Féin vote had been so big and they obviously weren't transferring Sinn Fein voters weren't really <laughs> transferring to Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gay. It took mm-hmm. longer and longer to get anyone else into the seat. So it ended up being Danica, Michal, Michael McGrath, and then Simon Coveney. But it is, it's is—it's a lot of waiting, and a lot of the counts, they'll say on, on the fifth count, no one has been elected, yeah. and everyone's standing there like holding their breath. And I'm sure you've seen the video of Leo Varadkar waiting. Yeah. For his and it was like holding his breath, like thinking he was gonna get in on the sixth count and then it never came. He and
0: looked he looked so isolated in that. Like if you look at some of the other count footage, people are always surrounded by yeah, it, like Well yeah,
3: yeah. Totally.
0: he looked, he looked so isolated, he like looked the, on his he own,
2: was, yeah. Yeah,
1: oh his just yeah. And and, yeah. and he arrived he, he did it, he did he arrived to be <clears throat> he arrived at a time where he thought he was definitely going to be elected so he could just leave but two hours later and he's still there.
3: Yeah. yeah, I know and like the thing was with Mars like I do not know what information or what counting they did that the Fianna Fall obviously had better information so Mihal Martin did not appear until he knew he was getting in. Um, yeah, so it yeah. obviously depends on the information that you're getting, whether they, they show up mm. for the count or not, because the only time we saw Hall after his interview was when he was being elected, surrounded by family and supporters so that for the cameras and stuff um, Yeah. but yeah, the ones of Leo, like I can't speak to what it was like in 2016, but I would imagine it's not how <laughs> he planned to get the news yeah yeah,
0: um, yeah it, it, it's a look any any kind of Fine Gael candidate who was either successful or unsuccessful this time around, I'd imagine uh, you know a lot of kind of licking of wounds going on at the moment. Mm. But one of the things, yeah, and actually, and and you tweeted this at the time, uh, and I have never thought this would be as controversial as it was. But the whole singing when you get elected thing, and mm. now fair enough, the choice of songs is a pro- it's probably what's causing the kind of you know mayhem or whatever. But in fairness, it was some version of, uh, one road thing down there.
3: Like, yeah. They gave
2: loads.
3: Yeah. To be honest, like, I see that as a very Irish thing anyway, like, you mm. sing for anything. Um, but yeah, <coughs> so it was Desi Ellis, obviously he think he was the first in, he got elected first. Um, yeah. and they did come out you black and tans, which people in Sinn Féin told me was only because like to mock the RIC
2: mm.
3: you know, commemoration, but it, it turned into this meltdown on Twitter. where all are people saying that's not what it's about, considering you know, Desi Alice's history and the lyrics yeah. and the song. And then, so I was in Cork and Thomas Gould got in, and uh, they erupted on the one road. And uh, to be honest, no one in that coin center was bothered. Like no, everyone yeah. thought it was great or whatever. And the video went viral or whatever. But there was no real issue. But I think the main issue was Daisy Ellis and the choice of song. It was about yeah. It made people really uncomfortable. And like
2: it's,
0: yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. But like, I don't feel strongly about it one way or the other myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never heard anybody complain about like say you know the first Sunday in September every year when BBC have finally like, the proms and you've got these jingoistic songs blaring out like Real Britannia and all this co- and nobody bats an eyelid because it's like oh yeah it's violins it's culture it's not fucking banjos and baurons you know what I mean so like I don't know maybe maybe it is just a bit close to the bone for some people but I'm like that's a fucking song like so what I,
1: I, I think it was there uh, I think it was I, I firmly believe it was tongue in cheek because he had won a landslide in his constituency I think it was like mm-hmm. in the 40s 40% yeah, it was.
2: Yeah.
1: and I think he was kind of like well, you guys tried to have a, a commemoration for the RIC <laughs> that backfired, and now we're going to sing this song. I th- I think that all one I seen I seen the one road I seen I seen loads of songs being
0: sung. Mm-hmm. And I don't
1: really care. Like,
0: but, but full full disclosure, Graham, you were the campaign manager for Sinn Féin's election.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> and people before profit. Yeah. That's true. Actually, any, left anything alliance. left. I just think it was another storm in a teacup and it was just something you, to pick up.
3: I always think with elections, like mo- like most political things, you kind of get lost in it on social media and then you go outside and walk down the street and most normal people don't know what you're talking about. And I think there was a bit of that as well. Like yeah. It became one of these social media things where like people were having polls about whether well, we should get rid of the national anthem and changing the words of the national anthem after at one point. And, you know, does this make you uncomfortable? And this isn't my country. And all our people saying, Oh, listen, lads, like it's, it's tongue in cheek. So I suppose it's just whatever way you take it, but elections are really draining for people who are involved in elections. Mm. And I think they probably ring out the worst on people coming up to the day itself. Everyone's tired everyone's narky and at the end of the day pe- people know that other people that they care about are going to lose their jobs and um so maybe it's something that could pass you by could have passed people by on another day but on election yeah. day when their backs are up anything could annoy yeah. them you know that kind but of way
1: it was like as well um the british media was reporting they seen a lot of tricolors uh, being waved, and they were comparing their nationalism to our nationalism Mm. And it's just like, come on, lads. It's, yeah, there's it's been a lot different.
3: of, like, um, commentary from, like, American and English uh, publications about, you know, nationalism comes to Ireland. And it's a totally unfair um, comparison when you think about, like, English nationalism. And then when you look at, you know, the exit polls that showed that immigration was, like, the lowest and thing that people cared about. So, it's, it's a completely unfair comparison to say that Irish nationalism and English nationalism have anything in common when immigration doesn't play any part, really, in but Irish I'd nationalism seen, at all.
1: I've seen as well a couple of kind of Fianna Gael supporters on Twitter. Um go easy compared-
0: beating Fianna Gael, you?
1: Easy. <laughs> i know, I'm just, No, no, no. I'm just saying they're they were delicate compared- at the moment, Graham. They're delicate at they're the moment. They're making it easy. really
3: hard for me to stay unbiased.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but they're it. Yeah, ads yeah, yeah, for yeah. But they're comparing it to Trump and Brexit, like,
3: it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did read that, that um, someone had compared um, Mary Lou to Trump. And then, oh, the quote from Leo was, yeah, change isn't always good because Brexit was changed and Trump was changed. Um, but when you look at, you know, the main topics in the, uh, on why people voted were health and housing, and they're not the reasons that people voted for. Um, Brexit or Trump or right-wing party, so I think the, the comparison doesn't really if we, work.
0: If we had seen the likes of Gemma o'darty John Walters and those sort of fellas polling mm-hmm. in any way shape or form, or Peter Casey for that matter, if them guys, mm-hmm. I'm ignoring Verona Murphy, I'm taking that as just the people who extra were tired when they were putting numbers in boxes, but like we didn't see any of those, in fact I think most of those people failed to get above 2%, so they don't mm-hmm. even get their
3: They only get their deposits, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think that kind of silences the whole, you know. But um, just to annoy Graham, that won't go antagonize and just be like, it is a populist (laughs) (laughs)
2: vote.
3: I think, like, and most people, like, I think this is the shock in the the media and you know different commentators and stuff is pretty misplaced. This notion of like a young, you know, the youth wave and stuff. Um mm. Sinn Féin done really well with like all age groups under sixty five. And yeah. I think that is just a reflection on how helpless people feel about health and housing. Um mm. because it's not just people um, you know, who kept like me, who'll probably never own a house. There are when we were out canvassing and I was out canvassing with and i went out with michael martin and i went out with mary lou there were so many people middle-aged and older saying i have you know my daughter and my granddaughter living with me or mm. I, yeah i have you know two kids and they're never going to get a mortgage and they're paying extortionate rents and yeah it's um yeah it was so so common when we were out on the canvas like this is all about health and housing like no one mentioned Brexit no one mentioned immigration it was it was all health and housing and uh yeah so the boon for Sinn Féin like has been seen as a shock but I think the whole notion of nationalism is definitely on the back burner for most people who voted for Sinn Féin this year
0: yeah I don't think a huge amount of people who voted for them even had the whole border poll situation in, like, I know it's, it's kind of front and centre for Sinn Féin whenever they're having conversations, but, like, a lot of people just... It wasn't on their radar, as you said. Health, mm-hmm. housing, that... You know. Um, we, we kind of... We touched on kind of Mary Lou and we touched on Leo Varadkar. Um, but you you were also on the trail with Hall Martin. Um, mm-hmm. He... I, I don't know, man. I think Fianna Fáil must be scratching their heads at the moment. Like, this was seen as a sure thing for them. And then... Mm-hmm. It kind of has just... Unraveled, and now it's like, oh fuck, what do we do now?
3: <laughs> yeah, the latest that I've heard, like literally just before I came on here, was that Finafahl have had a meeting, and, and the main takeaways from it, um, from sources in the meeting was that Mihal's safe, so Mihal's right. not going anywhere. So probably far, probably
0: because Fian- I mean, Fáil don't really have anybody else who can step up right now. change
3: in half an hour, but uh, the the chat says <laughs> so far that you know Mihal's safe. Um, they don't
1: They don't have anyone else though, really. Even in the front bench, they're really poor. Yeah, well, poor. there
3: was like a chat, like we were talking about this on RT, they were like, who mm-hmm. would you put in Fina Falls front bench? And, you know, there are certain parties where you could look around or even look around the doll and look at people say like Alan Kelly from Labour and there are like strong personalities in the doll that you could see on a front bench or see in a portfolio. Um, but there was chat around a kind of panel of, you know, where would different people from Fianna Fáil kind of fit in and they've lost some like huge names yeah. in their party like Lisa Chambers, t- like Absolutely. Tommy Dolly, like their Brexit spokesperson and the whole reason behind staying in government this long with Confidence and Supply was because of Brexit and then their Brexit spokesperson lost her seat Which so it just shows you yeah. there is a disconnect between the voters
0: and on top of that I'd imagine, I'd imagine Lisa Chambers at some point in time the conversations are happening that down the road, she may very well be a Fianna Fáil leader. She she's mm-hmm. of that caliber, like you know.
3: Yeah.
0: And of no doubt, she'll be back. Like I do think she's a solid politician.
3: Yeah, yeah, but, and she was like one of know. the strongest people, you know, on their front bench. She did really, really well, and people really liked her. Yeah.
2: Um,
3: that was one of the, I think when they take a step back now and they look at the general election, they'll really be asking what went wrong in her constituency yeah. there.
0: and even on that, like so. Lisa Chambers one of the high-profile female candidates who who didn't get through, but in in terms of the election itself, it it wasn't great for, like, the the women who were running. It just seemed to be this weird kind of stagnation in terms of there was no kick-on for them compared to previous years.
3: Yeah, what a a conclusion. Not great for the woman.
2: Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, I mean really high profile women lost their seats like Ruth Carpenter and Kate O'Connell and these women who would have been on the TV, these aren't backbenchers these are people like Ruth Carpenter came in and waved a pair of knickers around in front of Leo Bracker's face in the doll chamber, I mean people um, really like especially voters reached out to Ruth Carpenter, I know a lot of women who were involved in like domestic violence and stuff, seeing Ruth mm-hmm. as like someone they could trust and a um, big repeat the eighth campaigner as well And I've been thinking about it for a while of like, what is it? Why did these women lose their seats? And it's kind of hard to know, you know, there is that kind of um, trail of thought that, you know, women and men are held at a different standard and women, when they fail, it is made to look 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. So the likes of, you know, say Kate McConnell and she's going up against Owen Murphy like, you'd be more willing, like, men would be more willing to forgive men's mistakes than they would women's. So they'll give when they're one rather than giving it to Kate. But that's all, honestly, hypothetical. Like, you don't know. And the other issue is that most of the big parties barely reached the quota of women they were supposed mm. to field in constituencies anyway. So the issue is we're not fielding enough women to stand in constituencies. So then when women who are already in the all lose their seats the number of women in the doll is going to go down. I think we've more or less evened out from the last doll, but there's been absolutely no progress. Like we haven't lost any, but we haven't gained any.
2: Yeah.
3: But we've lost, the people that we have lost will be a big loss to the doll. People like Lisa Chambers and Ruth Cottinger and people who've been in the doll for a while. Yeah.
2: Um,
3: so it'll be interesting to see how this kind of works out now with, whatever cabinet we end up in, you know, how many women are going to end up in the cabinet? Because there's not yeah. that many women to choose from now either. So mm. it'll be interesting to see, but I think the next, going into the next election, especially the bigger parties, they're going to have to make more room for the woman to yeah. stand and feel more women in constituencies because we can't go backwards either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, the, the, and that, and that could be is, in jail. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: well, it could be
2: next
0: week, so we have. A a weeks, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the quotas though, like I don't know, like I, I get the quotas, but I, I'm not a fan of the whole thing of the quota being, like you know, just meet the quota. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it, they should be surpassing it. It should be like I mean, there's more than enough progressive female candidates out there that could easily, you know, sit in the doll, be a minister, junior minister, whatever. They could easily hold their own. There's no question of that. I just don't understand why, and maybe it is what you were touching on around kind of men being held to a different account than women. But it just it baffles me when when you see kind of some of the voting patterns out there. Like
3: it's a grassroots thing too. Like at the end of the day, to become a TD, you need to be successful in your loca- lo- local party mm. or common or whatever it is that you're a part of. And I was listening to Len Ryan talk about this as well, and she was saying that like it comes down to um, the local parties have to support women and suppose women are kind of more likely to be moms or working full time and they have more responsibilities for men uh, than men and then to turn around on a monday night and say right i have to go to this meeting like some women don't have the time and parties aren't making it easy for women either to do this and then the other thing is the issue is that women very rarely put themselves forward they're always asked And I asked Mary Lou about this because obviously Mary Lou has boundless confidence and she's very sure of herself. And I said, did you put yourself forward? And she said, no, I was asked. And I was like, if people like Mary Lou don't even have the confidence at the time to put themselves forward, what chance does anybody else
2: have? (laughs) Because
3: Mary Lou, you know, like, she's privately educated, she's very intelligent, she has a lot of belief in herself. So I think the parties themselves have to be, become a lot more supportive of mm-hmm. women and put them in leadership roles in their local parties so that they feel confident then they put themselves forward for bigger roles yeah. within the party. You know yeah. when
1: you're on the on the on the trail with the, the three leaders, was mm-hmm. is there was there any kind of cringy moments where what are you saying, Danny?
0: I was going to say every time somebody tried to buy meat off
1: a butcher, or kiss a baby. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. But like, you know, not, not as much that, but like if, if a member of the public, um, doorstep them with a tough question or whatever,
3: mm-hmm. were, were,
1: they, were they all able to, to give adequate answers?
3: Yeah. Like they all have their policies kind of reined off in their heads. So it's, rare that you know they'll they'll never like totally ignore someone if someone has a genuine question um it's more the conflict when someone is hostile or you know challenges them on something but doesn't ask a question so like you saw that video of um the I think it was in Kevin the young man who told Leo that he was um Thatcher reincarnated yeah yeah and, yeah and um because they can't Cork, was it? I, th- so- I can't remember where it was but yeah he basically yeah. said you're Thatcher reincarnated and obviously at times like that like that's really awkward that's really cringy mm. because he can't really react either he has to just kind of nod along and like I have to give it to Leo he's very good at kind of smiling and nodding and just he does seem to roll off his back um I was like "Wait, Mary Lou um I think it was the day before the election. And um, time is a flat circle. I can't remember anything. But um, <laughs> uh, we were out in Cabra. Which is an easy canvas for Mary Louie. Like Cabra is Mary Lou country. So people are hugging her in the street. And shouting at her from car windows and stuff. And uh, she went over to this park at car. And she hadn't seen it. But one of her like aides had. But it had a huge pro-life sticker. On the windscreen at the back. But she hadn't seen it, and he, this guy, was sitting in his park car, and she came over and she said, "How you doing? Are you gonna come out and vote tomorrow?" And he said, "Yeah, but I'm not voting for you." And she went, "Okay," and then there was this kind of, this pause, and it is it does get really really awkward because she knows that we're all standing there like people at the zoo yeah. kind of looking in at her like, "What's she gonna do?" And she just said, "Well, the main thing is, you know, you get out and use your vote," and he was like. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to vote for ben, ben Gilroy. He was like, oh yes, for- <laughs> yeah. He was like, I'm going to vote for Ben Gilroy, and she was <laughs> like, okay, that's fair enough. Uh, as long as you get out, use your vote, and walk away. But it's it's the silences and between there's like yeah. two three seconds where if it was me, I'd be like. Just, Lord, take me now.
1: you are want to jump in the black
3: hole. Yeah, just swallow <laughs> me up. But, um, yeah, they're all really good. I suppose you get used to it. They've all been campaigning for years. Um, so they're well used to it. And like, I was reading a piece in The Examiner about Hall Martin has like nearly now got like an ear for danger. Like he can tell straight away. He was in a chippy in Cork and a chipper as he's called, it, and uh in Cork
0: I'm glad you corrected yourself yeah. there Thank
3: you. and I'm uh, <laughs> going to, don't
0: have, to beep out, yeah. don't have to beep that
3: out <laughs> and uh, some, he went in and went up to speak to someone at the counter and one of the customers um had said there's no bleep chips in here for you and he like turned on his heel and just walked out of the chippy like it was just like a breeze and the poor fella who was canvassing with him he was like a younger kind of man had kind of turned around and me had moved so fast that the guy was left in the chippy like what where did me where did all go <laughs> um but um yeah things like that like i'd say they get really acclimatized to yeah, it because yeah. as a politician these days like you're so used to people just being rude to your face
0: i love there was a uh, there was a couple of videos of, of mary Lou there was one where she was encountered by a dog and i I couldn't make out what the bloke who had the dog was saying i think he was saying like oh the dog's angry and she's just standing there and like i said a little bit awkward and then she's like so you just have me out for a walk do you and she's
2: just looking at my video i put that on (laughs) your video
3: oh my god yeah it's so she's trying to make conversation but bear in mind there is like at least four video cameras pointed at her so imagine trying to make small talk with someone you meet at a bus stop right but there's four <laughs> TV cameras beside you. Like, it's so awkward for them. And she bent down. And she was like, Have you just got him out for a walk? And he was like, Yeah. And she was like, Well, oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> and then there's another one then where she
3: said,
0: Your man wouldn't let like
1: go of her hand.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah I, we
0: are too. Yeah. yeah and, then he, and then he spots Samantha Liberty and he's like, yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> absolutely a two the, the like
2: right? yeah, favourite
3: woman
0: yeah tell you, like, not just the kind of the content from the campaign trail but some of the ca- you mentioned Ben Gilroy like the fucking Ben Gilroy videos lads um. and some of the other ones O'Reardon a- a- or Reardon are I can't even have to watch. Aeon
3: Aeon a- like crayon he was <laughs> giving out crayons <laughs> at his polling station because they were like it's Aeon like crayon <laughs> No way. Did
0: you see? Did you see his video?
3: Yeah. Did you see that his ma said his name was Aiden until he went to UCD?
0: <laughs> you were always Aiden until you went to UCD and got some notions.
2: I've never seen that. Was that. Oh, it was so funny! Yeah. The,
0: the quality of candidate videos this election alone was just top notch. But Ben Gilroy, <laughs> somebody needs to take that horribly off the him. The ah.
3: yeah.
1: You know the the debates and the moderators. Mm-hmm. Like let's say, and and I just mean this on a on a on a broad level. You know, like Ivan Yates, former minister, Fianna mm-hmm. um, Finegal member, and obviously Miriam O'Callaghan's mm-hmm. uh, connection with her brother Jim. Do yeah. you think those? Uh, they're good moderators, Miriam particularly, but mm-hmm. do you think stuff like that should be declared to the public?
3: I don't know. I mean. Ugh suppose it's up to the the broadcaster and there is you know a complaints procedure for the BAI if anyone has issues but I don't know there is the case and I've heard this um a few times that the argument that it's it's worse when people find out on social media you know like if you're watching this debate and then someone says oh well x is blah blah blah's sister or y is blah blah blah's wife or whatever um you know it's not that they're they're not covering it up and they're not keeping it secret but it's also not public so when you read it on social media it kind of comes across worse than it actually is but yeah. then maria O'Callaghan can't run around every time she turn, like presents the news <laughs> and says by the way my brother jim yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hello and welcome to rt prime time but before we start <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh this
3: honestly. is my brother yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she wearing it in the air uh, you know, we could talk
0: about general election forever just because it's been it's been mad and it's uh, i don't know what's gonna happen in the next 78 he's 80, cracking himself he's up has gone he's gone we've lost Merrill this is like the time. I, I
2: just, I just imagine This
1: the start of every episode of prime time.
3: before we get going, this is my prediction. <laughs> oh, uh, not even a picture. They have like the real man in the background <laughs> waving.
0: Let's <laughs> <laughs> just him awkwardly, and be like. I'm I'm a TD. i am busy
2: working, Can I go now? <laughs>
3: Mary, I really need to go? <laughs> wave, wave for the cameras, Jim. Oh, no, has God. everybody seen that? <laughs> everybody, okay, we've parted. Yeah, see when what we, we <laughs> 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 when we put it that way, there's no, uh, we can't, we can't do that.
2: Yeah, no, that no,
3: answers
0: that. <laughs> yeah, we've 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 looked at that and we friends and it and decided. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: Christ!
3: Oh
0: God! What oh,
2: were
3: yeah. saying, Danny?
0: <laughs> I can't fucking remember.
3: Yeah. Uh, you said we could talk so, about it uh, for hours.
0: We could, yeah, and it might be like a hundred and seventy days or something before any sort of government is formed, or another election is called, or God knows what'll happen. Ben Gilroy arrived at the door with a hurley. Um. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> It's, it's also been a historic week in Northern Ireland
3: mm-hmm. with
0: the, the first same-sex marriage.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we had our first same-sex marriage this week in Belfast. Um, yeah, there was a lesbian couple. Um, one of the girls is from Belfast and the other girls from Brighton. Um, mm. And yeah, they got married um, this week. and They had it actually booked as a civil partnership and then the law had changed. So they were able to change it so that they're married now but yeah and uh okay it was really really nice like lira mckee's girlfriend and stuff sarah cannon another great dairy woman um made a statement and said uh, like how happy it had made her and really had made like meant a lot to a lot of people because Mm -hmm. we're it's the last state really um in terms of like the uk and ireland to get it yeah and i think because it kind of it was put into law with such little fanfare like it was just there it just wasn't there and then it was so I think it was nice that like this couple who didn't have to let the media into their special day but did and Mm -hmm. um yeah it was really really lovely it was really good to see like a long time coming for a lot of people as well so
1: and did yeah. hell free? Did hell freeze over in some DUP constituencies?
3: I don't know. Like I'm, I'm from Derry, which wouldn't be a DUP constituency. But I could phone. I'll phone the Met Office.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's like it's as you said, like. Uh, in Ireland, it was popular vote. Or in mm-hmm. the Republic, it was popular vote, and like there was massive fanfare. And I said, whereas in the North, despite the fact that there'd been massive campaign and there'd been all this, but when it eventually kind of came along,
3: mm-hmm. it
0: almost was like just pushed that under the yeah, table it there. it kind there of breezed
3: through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because like, people one, don't like. pay that much attention to the House of Commons, so and especially when the House of Commons is debating Northern Ireland, even less people are paying attention. So. Yeah, it was kind of breezed through. And then it was like, even that night, we were all like, I was texting my PR journals. And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was, Compared to like, you know, the day where marriage equality was passed in uh, yeah. Dublin, it was just really stark differences. So I actually think that most people saw this wedding um, between Sharni and I can't remember the other guy's name. That was like, mm-hmm. this was the... Kind of the day that it happened really because we were kind of, like the state was kind of not given the same kind of yeah. ceremony that other places had got.
0: Do you think and, and I'm, I'm conscious that there's proceedings going on at the moment, so in terms of what's said, we, we definitely will be careful, unlike when we were talking about other things a few minutes ago <laughs> but, but uh, with the out of context then of um, a man being charged over the, the death of Laird McKay, who you mentioned a few minutes ago does that add something more to this week, then in terms of the significance?
3: I just think um, Lyra McKee's death and Sarah herself, her girlfriend, Sarah Cannon, and their relationship and their story had touched so many people. And I think Sarah then making a statement on this wedding day meant a lot yeah. to the, <clears throat> like the LGBT community because... Although, like, you mightn't have knew Lyria, but a lot of people who were LGBT and who had struggled as a teenager really connected with her. And her writing, especially, talking about being gay in Northern Ireland really resonated with people. So, yeah, I think definitely with everything happening this week, Sarah's kind of input gave people a lot of hope and even though it's, like, desperately sad. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I do think it was... Yeah, the timing was definitely uh, emotional for a lot her of people.
1: Write, I would say uh, her writing, particularly, was brilliant. For her. I, I did read some of her pieces when she was maybe 70 and, 80 and, and they were just mm-hmm. like I'm reading them, kind of gone. I was jealous that I didn't write stuff like that. When yeah, seventeen. I mean, you're
0: 80. you're jealous because you can't write
1: me. <laughs> yeah, but like even the, the she coined the phrase ceasefire babies.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, when I was 17, and, like, me and Lyra would have been around the same age, and, like, we're both from the North. I was 17, like, I was not interested in writing anything, unless it was, if I didn't write it, I was going to get detention. Like, I did not write for my own pleasure at all. Yeah. Um, And I think, as well, that kind of, that really struck people how young she was when she was writing these essays and stories about not only Northern Ireland and the conflict but through the prism of being gay and this kind of othering in a state that's already othered and um, I think that really resonated with a lot of people and like I didn't know Lyra myself but she seemed to make like such a big impact um, on the people who did know her um, in such a short space of time as well so yeah I mean, I think that was what really struck people, is like, there was such a talent there, and she was so young yeah. when she died.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty sad, and as I said, yeah, the the, uh, the fact that in her partner this week, speaking about it as well, definitely adds kind of another layer to the whole thing, but, yeah, yeah. Um, there's stuff going on there, so we can't talk too much about it. No, don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. because we are the two idiots who who definitely would cause some sort of incident internationally.
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) in general terms, though, uh, like things won't kick off, will they? Eva.
3: In the north. Yeah. No, I mean no, I can't really get on it. Um. Anyway, but apropos of nothing, um, dissident republicanism has very has small pockets of support um in the north and down here as well in the south um but the pockets are small and um good yeah and that's obviously for the best but um i can't really say much more than that because i'm afraid
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so are (laughs) we yeah yeah well
0: yeah yeah, geez, Move well, on, some Daddy. stuff being wrote on walls <laughs> and everything. Um yeah, so is dairy Girls gonna get season four and five or uh, what's happening there? Um, yeah, See?
3: that's actually the school I went to. Um the no school i right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the biggest school and the biggest garage school in Derry, so it's like common most people have went there. But yeah, Lisa McGee, okay. who wrote it, would have been like six or seven years older than me. Um so she wouldn't left by the time I started. Yeah. But um yeah that's the school we went to um she's kept a lot of it quite authentic in terms of the actual school and what the school was like mm. um the, like when i started there was a couple of nuns mm. and by the time we um i left there was none and it's like a fully it's still a convent of mercy but it's um all teachers now and no nuns yeah. but yeah the school magazine and stuff is like actual copies of <laughs> like the school magazine from the school and the, the uniforms really really similar as well yeah. um but I, I don't know, I haven't actually... A secret, I haven't actually seen all the episodes. Are you, so, actually, um, are
0: you allowed to say that? Like, you to edit <laughs> I know
3: that out. I might like, get stopped at the border now when I go off home <laughs> <I'm> like, Nah, <laughs> nah, you're not supporting your own... Get back. Is, it, to because
1: it, is, now. is it because you don't like it?
3: Yeah. No, no, it's not because I don't like it. I find some of it really silly, but I know that's the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's supposed yeah. to be really silly. Um, and it's hard when program is about where you're from and then you're watching it because all I can wa- I, all I can think of i watching it was like that's not dairy that's not dairy that's <laughs> Belfast that's not dairy and I, anno- <laughs> and I annoy the people I'm watching it with so yeah I haven't um watched all of them but I do I do really really like it and honestly it's just so good to have something that is about dairy that people really love and it gives yeah. people a lot more understanding because being from dairy people always want to ask you questions about dairy and they want the all of the troubles boiled down and they had two minute conversation while you're standing at a bar and it's (laughs) so so good to have something where if you say if people say where are you from and you say dairy they say oh like dairy girls and you say yeah. And that's the end of the
0: conversation. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah, well, we're not at a bar. We've two minutes left. It's a grand chance to some of up the troubles for us, there. So <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: no,
0: yeah, yeah, it's. I, I can. Uh, I don't know. I, I hang out with Graham a lot, and just some mm-hmm. of the questions that people ask him on a frequent basis, I'd imagine, are quite similar to,
2: mm-hmm. given
0: his, his his background. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. And, Graham, um, Fair
1: City is a good soap.
0: It's a good <laughs> drama, okay, I was a star on that. Okay, you were, you were. Uh, do you know do about you Graham's know. Fair City acting? For any
3: I, I don't. Sorry, I don't. I don't. My ma watches Fair City, so she would probably. Uh, she she definitely, day. she
0: definitely would. He was a key character for at least right. two two episodes.
3: I better tell my ma actually. She yeah, actually stopped a it in Dublin once in a pub. And I was like, can you take my photo with him? Because he was, I had no idea who this fellow was, but he was in Fair City. <laughs> oh, so she, yeah. So she wanted so the really to take my yeah, photo. It was so embarrassing. Um, yeah,
0: Graham was a, a big, big Fair City uh, star. And to be honest with you, the fact that you haven't seen all of their girls and you don't know about this, it can feel <laughs> awkward for you right now. Um, But... I don't know, maybe maybe Meryl, if you gave her one of your lions that she could go back to her man with it, and then you know what I mean? What, are you up for that? Can you give her can you give her the lion?
1: Annie Parkin. Any? That's it. That's it.
3: My God, this is like the Joey Treviani um, fair City. <laughs>
2: Right, move on there,
0: Daddy. No, that's it. I, I like that. That's good enough for me, man. That's good enough for me. She's May American is Joey
3: Troviani. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh god. god. I thought I was coming on this to have like a really sensible and depth chat about the general election. And so <laughs> no far way. we've got Chem O'Callaghan and <laughs> waving at <the> his sister and <laughs> 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 and uh to the Joey oh. Troviani affair setting.
0: We genuinely try so hard to be serious on this.
3: Yeah. (laughs) It just descends on the madness.
0: That's the way it is. It's impossible. Merlo once said cul de sac on the podcast, and it took me 20 minutes to (laughs) recover. He now knows it's not pronounced cul de (laughs) sac.
2: I still say cul de sac. Oh, man, I know. Oh, Uh,
0: God! Anyway. I will, yeah, I will. Eva, thanks very much for joining us on this very serious episode. It was a. Uh, Come here, is it like this? When you're doing general election coverage in RTE, was it like this by any (laughs) chance?
3: I don't think I laughed once. (laughs)
0: They didn't have Jim O'Callaghan waiting in the way No, I wasn't on with Miriam
3: Though I was on with (laughs) Brian So he Yeah, no, we didn't have anyone Waving, but you know when they're doing You know the data And they have the big maps and mm, like the guys yeah. doing the maps and statistics, he's actually only like a meter away from the panel table. It looks like he's in a different room, but he's not. He's like right next to the <laughs> to the panel.
0: Those very clever oh, camera angle. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. So it yeah. looks like it's a completely different studio, but it's not. You're right there with him. hey. <laughs> <No way. laughs> this won't be impressive to a former Fair City celebrity, but it was a really big day to me. A former fancy celebrity.
1: (laughs) You set yourself, Danny. (laughs) You you were on like two episodes and you had like one line. (laughs) That is not true. I was on it for two weeks and I was called back for a year later because I was the hair shrub. Right. Oh God, Um, must look
3: this
1: up. Yeah.
0: What was it, Rocco? What was this? Was it Rocco? Just for, You didn't have a surname, your character was so important. Yeah, he was didn't like, like Cher.
2: <laughs> 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 oh Rocco Keegan. Joey Trivia, it's Cher, this is amazing. Uh-
1: <laughs> Rocco Keegan, okay?
2: Rocco Keegan. Keegan.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, lads, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Fucking hell,
0: Cher. I love it, I'm calling you up now one man.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a surname. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god Ethan thank you very much for joining us uh,
2: <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, don't, I, don't know oh
3: I, know, I was like oh I'm going to send this to all my friends when it comes out and stuff and now I'm like nah I just don't
1: <laughs> thanks very much Ethan
0: <laughs> oh yeah no, no, serious podcast and all. actually no we won't give that to anybody <laughs> no. anyway yeah, you'd be amazed this is the kind of stuff that people tend to like more than anything yeah. they're like no, don't talk if you can just get a fit of the giggles that gives us a fit of the giggles and we'll keep listening yeah
3: <laughs> it's like give the people
0: what uh, they want this is it um, <laughs> if you, people want to follow you on twitter and whatnot, where can they mm-hmm. get you
3: um, Eva Grace-Murr on Twitter, um, you should probably say Moore, M O R E. yeah. Moore.
1: <laughs> Moore,
3: yes. So Eva Grace-Murr on Twitter, and it's mostly yeah. me just uh, talking nonsense for money.
0: Well, in fairness, you've talking nonsense for me. so thanks very much for that. Uh. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure for us I've enjoyed this thanks Way me too You really enjoyed think. it
3: yeah me too actually it was really really good yeah, yeah
0: go. good thanks. crack um, yeah that's it we're off now to try and book Miriam and Jim O'Callaghan for a future interview <laughs> yeah
3: get them on get the two of them on be like family fortunes
0: or yeah but but we'll just have Jim not even with a mic <laughs> just waving just Miriam saying and Jim who's my brother and a of all he is also here be like how are you Jim you can go now not yeah. me. Um, thanks so much for joining us and uh, wish you all the best anyway. whatever you Thank got you very
3: much. All right. Thanks, thanks
0: so much. Yeah, there. So there you have it. There you have it. Even more fantastic guest. I actually, like, genuinely, I feel bad that, like, she's a proper journalist and she, <laughs> she was kind enough to talk to us and we've just, you know what I mean? Like, It was good fun and all, but I'd say she's literally sitting there, she's like, I really hope nobody listens to that fucking podcast. (laughs)
1: She's not gonna be like that. We all got the giggles.
0: I'd say she's delighted that we lost four hundred listeners in our intro alone.
1: (laughs) I got I got the giggles there though with the Jim O'Callaghan stuff. That really that That, really
0: uh, tickled me. I love the fact that your new name is Cher, by the way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that was very good as well. <laughs> <laughs> me jaw's actually a bit strained from laughing.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. But um, that's WTS one ninety nine in the books.
1: Oh my god, who are we gonna get for two hundred? We better program. get pinky caps on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't see people are gonna expect we've we've delivered some high kind can- I'm scratching me groin here by the way and I just realised that I leaned and in the camera it probably looks like I'm doing something else. <laughs> 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 I'm not, I'm just I'm actually it's only, I'm, I'm actually scratching I would say like halfway between my knee and like yeah uh, and it's I just I want to apologise what the camera might have looked like there
1: that's all probably I only apologise to me the listeners won't see it
0: that's true actually I didn't think that's true at all <laughs>
2: uh,
0: yeah, the calibre of guests that we've delivered over the past Jesus Christ are we nearly five years old man we're five years old in June holy fucking balls! I know yeah <laughs> mental Consumer professionals Uh, the calibre of guests we've delivered over the last nearly five years has definitely led some people to expect big things from us so they're going to be mad disappointed by the fact that we've got literally nothing lined up
1: (laughs) we'll see you in three weeks
0: (laughs) yeah yeah let's give us a bit of time and uh, we'll see what we can come up with Uh, I don't
1: know look you never know you never know you never know no, I really enjoyed that podcast. And it was our 199th episode. Uh, but if you want to go back and listen to 198 other episodes, you can do by searching WTS Pod on all podcast providers. You can also check WTSpod.com. And he's at Danjo Murray. And I'm at Merrigan Mania on the Twitter handles. But also, it's on Spotify, Podbeam, Podcast Republic. Uh, Apple Podcasts, you can, anywhere, everywhere you can get a podcast. Search WTS Pod. dot com, but search WTS Pod on all podcast providers.
0: Yeah, you can just go to WTS uh, you, you don't have to search for that. You just go. Absolutely. to that
1: Absolutely. And this at WTS Pod on t- on Twitter.
0: On Twitter, exactly. Yeah, and if you if you like us, voted in the general election for a for a candidate and a party that will bring Garth Brooks to the Crow Park. Reach out and tell <laughs> us. That was her mate. You
1: should have said that to Ethan
0: I should've. I wonder if you she's should a guardroach fan. To
1: Ethan. Yeah. I'll never know. We'll never ever know. She won't she'll never come back on.
0: She definitely won't now She'll be like I've never <laughs> done a, a podcast that doesn't come from a legitimate media company
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways that Anyway,
0: anyway Merrow, it's been a blast, my friend. Thank you very much for your company this evening.
1: Until next
0: time. Clear eyes.
1: Full hearts.
0: Can't lose.
1: those sweet.